podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's a massive risk because oh. you know what he is. And I Do you know, know what it is? It's a doner kebab after a <laughs> night out. Hello everybody, welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around Fantasy Premier League. My name's Such. And my name is James. Increasingly over, as we mature, James, as we get older, I think the world revolves less around Fantasy Premier League. You know, families are growing and you've got Harry and you've got Tottenham. I don't know if the world revolves around Fantasy Premier League. Uh, or is it because I just got 26 points? <laughs> <laughs> was just saying, I got 33 this week. That's more than 25 percent more. Yeah, than yeah. So it's one of them where it feels like seven <laughs> points. It's only seven points. The average was 35, so you were below average as well. What's that game? Uh, I think my safety score would have had to be 36. I think Ooh. so. I'd a, I'd a little, little red. I had a bigger red last night at Wild Lane. Congratulations, Sir <laughs> John, winning the Premier League uh, yes. derby. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about up. that. We'll talk about that. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, Game of two halves, as they say in cliches yesterday, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that. Uh, How many flags you got? So let's have fun with flags. Let's do it. I uh, ended up... I think we should also just jump in. We should, we should timestamp this and say it's uh, 20 to 10 41. in the morning, which we wouldn't normally do, but it's a Friday and you're going to get team news today and stuff. So by the end of this, it's probably going to be, I don't know, 11 o'clock-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I literally only had uh, one return which was Cole Palmer. Okay, nice, yeah. Uh, captain Salah, who did outscore the other popular captains, but that was it. Uh, Watkins, nothing. Holland, nothing. Alvarez, nothing. Foden, Diaby, Gabriel, Trippier, Lascelles, nothing. I didn't even have a goalkeeper, so I got 10 players. So you had more players than me, so you technically should have scored more points oh, than well, me. Oh, well, I feel like I won, well, There you go. Uh, my bench was massively better. Turner, nothing. Cash, nothing. Shimikas, nothing. <laughs> so check two. So Woo-hoo. it's one of those. Look, I've I've not been in the pod on Monday. Uh, it was two thirty on Monday. So my transfer on the weekend, I made two transfers and then rolled out this week. Was Son and Bowen to Salah and Palmer with the captaincy for Son, obviously as well. You're going to tell the listeners and viewers. Net, net. That I don't you've... know what that. I don't know what the drop is. Net net, but there's definitely I've lost points because Sonny got ten on the weekend and Bowen got yeah. two. Have you broken Mo Salah? Are you going to tell everyone? No, no, no. Sure. He had he had the effort of foddering them. So just broke Mo Salah. Salah. Nah, definitely not. Uh, just yeah, nah. Um, I think I don't know what my net points down is on that. Move. I'm going to try and figure it out. I should have. Uh, well, Sun's what? Uh, Over two games. 12. Nine, nine. Bowen was, what, seven yesterday and uh, blank at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't play. So 21. Palmer's, what, so 10? Nine, nine and eight. Nine and eight off. Yeah, I think you're about three points down, oh, I think. Okay, it's not too bad. Did you minus four it as well? No, no, no. Oh, so points. you're about three points down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where I am. I've had players coming off the bench. Nothing exciting. It's, it's not really filling me with joy. I've got Thomas Socek, who I was moaning about the fact that wasn't in my team. Although both game weeks I've owned him so far, he's been Benched on my him. bench. But, you know, at 4.9, it's 4.9. I'm going to make one move. Are you um, know what you're doing? Despite the flags. Well... Is this a goalkeeper, is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really not excited about it. I have two options, James. Yeah. 
Ariola to Robert Sanchez. Yep. I think Chelsea and Newcastle have the two best runs for, let's say, eight to ten I weeks. Clarify for everyone, your wild card's gone, right? Yeah, I yep. know wild card. So I'm looking long term, yep. and I also need a player in a team. Yep. Because uh, Matt Turner ain't going to play. So it's either Ariola to Robert Sanchez or Turner to Dubravka. I like the Turner to Dubravka. I like Newcastle's home games. Fulham, Forest, they've got Luton a bit further down. Uh, sorry, Luton at home and Luton away in, in the next few. I don't like the fact that it's obviously Liverpool City in there. I also like Chelsea in that it's Sheffield United, Palace, Fulham, Wolves at home, Luton away. But to, to get Sanchez, I have to sell Ariola. To get Dubravka, I can get away with selling Turner. So if I go to Sanchez, I have no backup keeper still. Whereas if I go to Dubravka, I, and Ariola had a wrist injury, I think, yesterday is what they were saying. So he may be back in a few weeks or whatever. That's a, that's I, a, that's I'm a more difficult likely, one, though, isn't it? For a goalkeeper, like, what's a wrist injury? Like, if you're a player, you're like, okay, you're back Sunday. Yeah, but for a goalkeeper... You don't know how, don't know. how, how uh, difficult and dangerous that wrist injury is. Nico, when you have wrist injuries, how long does it normally take you to recover? <laughs> late, late, later that night, <laughs> about half hour. Um, so I, I'm at the moment. I'm erring on Dubravka. I'm erring on Dubravka. Just even look, they just conceded three at Newcastle, but they are uh, sorry Everton, but they are a bit better defensively than Chelsea. There's not much in it. I'm really not sure. I need to just decide whether or not I want the backup goalkeeper. Yeah, I think um, with you having Ariola, I think Dubravka's the play for you. Um, I mean, I, I guess one important... From Turner. Yeah. From Turner. Yeah, 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 yeah. One important question for you would be, obviously, Flappy's played last night. Let's say Ariola's fit for the weekend. Who's in goal? I think Ariola comes back in. Yeah? Yeah, I do think Ariola comes I'd back be in agreement with that. So I think longer term, like Newcastle's short-term fixtures after Tottenham, and you can arguably include Tottenham, are quite good for the next three. If Ariola's back by that point, you can make yeah, your, the, your pick um, and choose from there, can't the, you? The games where Dubravka has Liverpool City, we've got... Brighton, but it's at home, and then Sheffield United. And then they've got Villa away, and we've got Bournemouth. So that rotation with Dubravka is, is fine. So I'll play Ariola for 20, 21, 22, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I, I think that's your move. But you, you, that's not the only flag you've got, is it? No, that is not the only flag I have. Jamal Lascelles, but Planet, he's... Planet bench, FPL legends, big tasty. Bench, bench fodder anyway. So you weren't going to play him this week? No. So no. what's your other defenders? You've got what, like Trips, Gabriel? Uh, at the moment, I'm playing Gabriel, Trippier and Const- Konstantinos Shimakas. Yeah, cool. And then I've got Cash in reserve. So actually, your your problems feel a little bit more straightforward, I think, than a the lot majority. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so my, my main thing going into this week was um, I don't want to sell any players that are playing in 18 right it's too close now it's only 16 17 18 I, I've got Diaby and Cash there both didn't start at the weekend and and so am I now thinking or not the weekend you know the last fixture um, do I want to move them on can I go from Cash to Porro or something but the reality is Foden is the one that I need to move on Foden is the one that's not playing that I want to move on for 18 not this week I was going to say don't yeah, do that no, mate to fix 18 yeah, he plays the next so, two for you. So I've got to keep him till 18, so which means I'm not moving any of my... Uh, I've only got City players that don't play in 18. You could play... If you don't want to play Diaby, you can play Suchet instead of Diaby, Diaby this week, can't I you? I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, I've, if I've that's been what you want to do. do. Yeah, I've I been tempted as well. to do it. So uh, I'm basically just making the keeper transfer because I don't need to muck about with the rest of my outfield team at the moment. And I want to keep rolling two transfers two as into well. 18. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think with Shimikas, Gabriel, and Shimikas. Shimikas, Gabriel, and. Shimikas, Gabriel, and Trippier. Trippier. Your back three, sorry. Um, You're probably not not got huge expectation and on clean sheets from that this week. Shimikas fight you, but Cash is not. Uh, Shimikas, I think. But clean I think sheet. rolling the situation with Cash and Lascelles, who could obviously be very handy for you in game week 18, it's fine. On Jamal Lascelles, the word is dead leg. I would suggest that makes him very doubtful for Sunday, which we'd already be aware of. Um, but that's what, we only know that because that's what Eddie House said to us after the game. I didn't watch the game last night. Obviously, I was at Wild Lane. So I think in Jamal Lascelles' case, most of us probably wouldn't have wanted to start him this week anyway. So if you can push that problem back, get a bit more Sven Botman information, yeah, I think that's the right thing for you to do. I think with no goalkeeper surge, that's the immediate one. Whereas I've got Sam Johnston, yeah. and it looks shit, but is it improbable that he does say what Edison did at Villa Park on, on Wednesday night, which might have even been his best performance for Manchester City by the Champions League final? Uh, he's walked away with four points. Like, with goalkeepers, there's so much unpredictability. Look at Sanchez. If you if you started Sanchez at Old Trafford, your expectations on a clean sheet probably weren't there. Was he ending with 10-pointer or something? Mm. So there's a lot of unpredictability with goalkeeper scoring. So if you haven't got one, that's your immediate problem. For me, who's got one, yeah, I've probably got some bigger problems to look at. So Lascelles what you, is What's one. your fun with flags? Lascelles is one. Brian Bumo is the obvious one who's a definite sell. Um, and that was confirmed yesterday by Thomas Frank. I think what most of us knew was watching it live Wednesday night that um, he certainly wasn't going to be available this weekend and it's going to be weeks. So weeks at this stage is bad. Also consider Brentford don't have a fixture in game week 18 anyway. It's a definitive absolute sell. Unless you have bigger problems <laughs> because therefore you might go, well, I'll roll it into next week. And for me, it's not improbable that I do that. Because I've got this set up where, I mean, I've benched Jared Bowen this week, as if last night wasn't bad enough. Um, so playing Bowen instead of Bumo this week's fine. I could just leave that and go, okay, I'll make my clearer decision next week when, say, Gordon Palmer, for example,'s fixtures are better. Yep. I don't feel like I'm going into an away fixture. I've got the information of how many minutes Gordon plays Sunday, Wednesday, if that's the decision I want to make. Um, so I could do that. Obviously, having bought and Bumo the week before when they played Arsenal, so the week before most were diving back in. Uh, I've got value held in him. It might be the case that I don't nick the profit on it, but I've got time. I don't need to panic here. I've got a little bit of time. Now, it might be that he goes. And part of the reason for that is Sonny, who looks like he took a big whack to his lower back late in the game. I mean, from my vantage point in the ground, I was pretty staggered when Tottenham made the changes late on that he stayed on the pitch because he couldn't move. Mm. Now, it might be one that it's stiff and good night's sleep and stuff, and he's fine. Yeah. The reports after the game, there'll be a lot of videos being posted online were like, oh, he's in big trouble. Alistair Gold of Football London, who's quite well connected with Tottenham, said like with each passing interview he was doing on media duties, he looked a little bit better right. during the course of the night after the game. Yeah, it's one of them things where you keep it moving. It's actually better than if you stop moving. Here's the backs. problem. Here's yeah. what Angie's going to tell you today. He needs to be assessed. Because no one's going to know, and that's going to be the truth, isn't it? Mm. He is going to be it's too close unless to the he's game. bad. The only definitive news I think you're going to get is if it's but bad. But if it was bad, I don't think he'd be out doing media. I think they would have maybe sent someone else out. Um, no, I think as captain at the moment, he regularly certainly at least does in house stuff nearly every game. 
I didn't agree with all his comments last night, by the way, but that's a different pod for a different time. Um, you think a few of his, t- his teammates would have been calmed down a bit, mate. Mm. Um, now, obviously, I don't want to lose Sonny. And anyone who's got Sonny doesn't particularly want to lose Sonny. So let's see what the information is today. To sit here and say, hey, here's what I'm going to do this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a team news stream for patrons at half nine tonight. And by then, I should know, I think, before that. Till I've got all the team news, who knows? Maybe I've got a, a different problem. My week this week was 33 points, Suj, which feels like celebrating. Uh, Bumo's goal from the penalty spot. Saka to Martinelli. Didn't think Mike Gabriel Martinelli would be my highest scoring player this week. Uh, and Darwin Nunes, I don't know, we we calling that a blank or not? He's assisted, isn't he? So we'll take the three points as Holland and Watkins combined. So blanks for, I mean, look at my defence. Four points from Johnson, Saliba, Lascelles, Doggy. Blank for Sonny. Obviously nothing from Alvarez and Holland. Jared Bowen sitting first sub. Bowen, obviously I can play instead of Bumo. I'll play Shimikasu, Doggy, Saliba probably as the back three and I'll probably stick with... Johnston. My plan always when I got here was going to be Johnston to Sanchez. Obviously, there's a number of 3.9s have put their hands up. Dubravka might even be full one now, is he? Has he gone up that much? Um, I know he was close again last night. He went up earlier in the week. I can completely understand why people have dived there really early. Um, I don't know. I, I can't bullshit anyone. Th- I don't th- know what th- I'm these doing. Four, he hasn't gone up yet. Did they, did they break him, did they? All the people that bought him this week must have broken him as well. No, it's just you broke Mo Salah. Okay. I've, uh, anyone else you want me to break? Who have you got in your team? Let me buy and break. Mo them. might come in for me. Because um, I, I mean, I've got two frees, which is one blessing of this. Mm. So I can go Sun Salah, Bumo to a 4.8. And that might be what it, you know, if Sun's ruled out, if I've got Sun and Bumo and they, they become both red flags, that might be the decision I make. Um,. I'm not quite sure where I'd go with that 4.8 yet. It's a number I'd because Clivert might be one because I could it's, get away. It's not the worst. Pick. I could get away with benching it this week because I can stick Bowen in the team, yeah, Bowen yeah. and Salah in the team. Then that means Martinelli's going to hang around for me now. I'm not even mm. going to be able to get rid. Which I do think there'll probably be goals in that game at Villa Park. So it's not terrible. Brighton at home is not terrible. I don't want to look at it at Liverpool particularly in game week 18, but it is what it is. He's never a terrible pick, Martinelli. It's just no, that other, had, no, other he, players no. right now are performing no, better. Been, At any moment, he has been a terrible a pick. He, he has been a he's terrible been pick. He's been shit. He's been but, shit from a fantasy perspective. But are you saying Salah's a terrible pick? Uh, no, clearly. Because I picked him for two I'm, weeks and he's I'm not scored. It's just one in. of them. So it happens. Players go on, on run sometimes and, and so be it. I think for those like me, a wild card in 19, you keep looking... Tottenham, Newcastle, Villa, because they've got the really good 18 fixtures. Um, Chelsea, obviously, good run starts now. And then you're looking at enablers, maybe from the likes of Bournemouth, Wolves. Bournemouth doesn't really feel like the right week to go in this week. Might next week, Luton at home and Forest away for, for those wild card and 19. So it's a real concentration on a very, very small number of teams. And yet, Salah could become part of this equation. To be honest with you, Trent could become part of this equation for me. Because I could look at something like Sun to a 5.5-ish, leave Bumo, just shove Matty Cash up to Trent. I, I, for me, I think at that price, it's, I've said it, I, I, there's no justification in having him. But over a three-week period where defensively yeah, I look when, shot... When you're making short-term decisions, we get, it's a completely we're getting different him in mindset, for, We're getting him in for the offensive stuff. And Liverpool, I would, I would say, would be right up there with the most likely to keep a clean sheet this week. That said, if I went Trent... 
because I've already got Shimikas and Nunes, that completes me, cut, cuts me out of Mo Salah. Should I want to go there in 18, which, considering I'm selling Holland, I'd have the money, wouldn't I? Cool. We're going to review all of the games from midweek. Thank you, Amazon Prime. Uh, and uh, we'll do them as quick as we can. I know if it's 24 hours from now, you're going to have locked your teams in pretty much for the next game week. Uh, another team that are likely to keep a clean sheet at the weekend, James, that you said Liverpool are likely to keep a clean sheet because I'm better get this public service announcement out before, is the Planet FPL team playing in the FPL Juice five-a-side Christmas tournament. I should probably get better clued up on how they're describing i think it's the invitational christmas tournament or something anyway uh for anybody that's interested just uh, we love the juice boys they're good lads we've been on the show a couple of times as well always a good laugh they've organized a little tournament we've got a little team going down there uh sham the team south goalkeeper is the planet fpl goalkeeper come on you iron so we're that's why i'm saying we're likely to keep some clean sheets mate he might even touch the crossbar this one he, well he's, he's a little bit taller than it He's a little taller than he, he said. His, son, his, uh, his son's about nine or ten. He's coming down to watch. So put him in goal, maybe. Can he play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, if anyone's in the North London area, it's in it's in Mill Hill Power League. Like, go to FPL Juice at FPL Juice, whatever they are on Twitter, and have a look and support it. It'll be a good fun. But otherwise, the content will be going out afterwards. There's some other teams there from some other third-rate FPL platforms, you know, the likes that are just useless, they're going to get slapped up by Planet FPL, whether it's the Black Box or yeah, the Scout. Yeah, I'll be Oscar white lane again. Bogle. Unfortunately, I won't be de- defending up as well. the brand, so I imagine we'll get slapped up. Uh, no, nah, it's going to be good fun. Um, so, yeah, I want to just give them a shout-out because we are going down. And uh, fingers crossed, hopefully, James, I'm going to come back on Monday when we record with some silverware. Bring the trophy, And it won't, be, it won't be knife and fork. <laughs> It'll be something better than that. Um, FPL Juice. FPL's final. Juice champions you'll never sing that yeah, is that, that what you're going for I yeah, can't cool. wait to sing that uh, let's get into these games go Wolves Burnley um, I thought mid-sentence you were going to say another team might keep a clean sheet this weekend is Wolves uh, who are Wolves playing at the weekend Forest at home we'll get on to them don't worry <sighs> yeah I, feel, I, I, I huff for Forest not for Wolves but um, no, Wolves will be happy with home win and uh, Burnley after putting some, putting some points on the board Back down to a bit of reality because this league is is tough. It doesn't matter who you're playing and where you're playing. You're going to get a difficult game. Yeah, this wasn't great. I watched the, the first half of it. Um, actually, I'd Tuesday night. I had two phones sitting on the arm of the chair and I had both games going on during Wolves' second half and Luton and Arsenal's first half. Obviously, watched this exclusively in the first half. I, it, it wasn't a lot of fun, no. to be honest. Burnley considered the dumb goal where they got themselves into trouble where Sanderberger takes a, a really heavy touch. Otherwise... Played all right without overly being threatening. Um, we'd said recently their team had got a bit more stable. Obviously, Ekdal came in for Jordan Bayer, who was suspended. He'll be back this weekend. It's worth noting Charlie Taylor's on four yellow cards, by the way. Luca Colliosho, who I know impressed you a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he's a classy player. And he won't be in the next five or six months, mate. No. Unfortunately, because his season is very close to being That over. is a massive blow for Burnley. In terms of their creativity and goal threat, like that's like taking out twenty five percent of their goal for it. Yeah, big problem. Vincent Company did say yesterday that that Lowell Foster was was like doing well and he should be back soon. Good. He's obviously not going to put a, a definitive date on that. I don't think he'll just suddenly be back in the squad one weekend. I should imagine. But yeah, he'll obviously be a boost for Burnley when they come back again. I think they'll 
he'll do some business in January. For Wolves, uh, another goal for Huang, who's another player on four yellows. Does feel like half the league's on yeah, four yellows. Yeah, I was, uh, was I listening to your deadline stream and you're like, can't pick him, four yellows. Can't pick him, four you can. yellows. But you know what you're getting into. You can. I mean, you, you could look at that. The, the, the He's on 74 points, James. What, He's doing great. What, what odds on him getting 200 FPL points this season? Big odds. You won't hit that. You don't think he'll hit no. 200? 75 points after 15 games? No, I won't hit that. Not even a third of the way through the season? He won't hit that. Sorry. Mm. He won't he's on that. the run rate too. Get to like 220. Yeah. He's also going to the Asia Cup. That, oh, might, that, that might be a problem. That's also true. That's something else you should, for those looking it. a little longer term, you should be aware of that as a reminder. Mm. Obviously, Asian and African players going to their international tournaments starts from game with 21. So look, you can buy Huang. You can buy Nico's cousin, Nelson Semedo, if you want. He's also on four yellow cards, as is Ray and 8 Nori when he returns. Um, Craig Dawson's not out of the running for me today. He might be one that the more I look at it today, I go, yeah, I'm going to have that. And the, the reason for that is, obviously, I'm conscious of 18. And also, this weekend was one, I think 13 and 16 were the two weeks we always looked at and went, oh, that's going to be bad for the defensive assets. And it's worth remembering that if you're looking at your team this week and going, oh my God, can't see any clean sheets or anything. Yeah, most other people are thinking the same thing. Unless they've got Liverpool and Man City assets, basically, I should imagine. Dawson's one, I wouldn't be uncomfortable getting him in and playing him this week. Yeah, obviously. And also, if I had to use him in 18 at home to Chelsea, I wouldn't feel terrible about it either. I'd rather not at West Ham next week. But again, if I had to, it's not terrible, I don't think. And he, you know he's obvious threat Massive. from the set pieces yeah. and stuff. Um, so he wouldn't be out the running for me. I'd, I'd say he's not top of the agenda, but I might look at it today and go, right, I want something now and, and let's, let's do it. So like I can't go, for example, I can't go Lascelles to Porro as an example. But I might, if Lascelles say there was an update today and it's like, well, he's, he's in bad shape and Botman's back available, then I'm going to cut my losses on him possibly. And it might be that Dawson is the, is the right sort of short-term solution for me. I think Cunha is a reasonable one for similar purposes for those who are looking for enabling forward. They played with um, Pablo Sarabia in the front three. And obviously, we'd barely seen him in the two away games since he obviously made the impact substitution against us. So I don't know if there's a relation there to home games, maybe. Perhaps a little less trust in his defensive work away from home. So he may get another start against Forest at the weekend. Don't think he could go there. Uh, good result for Wolves. Bad result for Burnley. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Luton 3, Arsenal 4. I had this on. I didn't really... Uh, I, I, like you, had Wolves, Burnley in I the background. Really, I started really paying attention when Ross Barkley scored. Got <laughs> <laughs> um, to give Luton some credit here because um, they... they did what they he was good very at. good, by the way, Ross Barkley. And really good. Their physical presence, I mean, we talked about it all season. They, they do feel like they have a physical presence when they're whacking balls into the box. So the, the uh, Osho goal and what have you. They work rate and effort and application, you can't um, deny them. They were, they were good. Arsenal were a little laboured in terms of the final third in, in, in getting there. But he's, he, he was too cheap, that's all we're going to say. But again, coming up in those moments... And doing it at uh, at Arsenal now. Um, Did you see someone started a, a GoFundMe? To do what? To give West Ham money. What for? More money. More money for Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> 
He had a target of like 50 nah. million. I think he's got like, a, you know what? I think he's got about 50 quid so far. I keep saying <laughs> it was too cheap. I think prices of football players now, it's a, it's, it's kind of an irrelevance in terms of a debate because it's whatever someone's willing to pay, right? Yeah, it's so, so if true. I say Rice is worth 150, well, someone's not going to pay it. He's not worth 150. But if you want to have a, a hypothetical debate compared to the value of other players, whatever, I think just one of the things I was saying prior to the signing is just you get all the other stuff. It's not about the football player. You get the leadership and the the drive and the desire and that's what happened in this game as well he's driving the game he's, forward he sets at the, the example end. doesn't he exactly that which and is rare for a new signing as well yeah, yeah. He's, he's really taken that leadership role very very seriously and you've got to give him credit for getting out of it in the 95th 6th 7th 97th minute in the end wasn't it um, uh, well it was time added on was added on time added on and by the way that's not a complaint can I just say people it seem, is what it se- is. people no I was just going to say people seem to have a difficult understanding of minimum minimum <laughs> minimum minimum <laughs> <laughs> what was it five or six added mm. on he scored like 30 seconds after that and Luton had a throw in and the ref's going I'm watching the clock yeah. you can do what you want I'm watching the clock so minimum's minimum it's not um, it's not a maximum it's minimum so yeah. it, it is what it is it's the second away game they've obviously won very very late on I was discussing with Clayton earlier this week saying like those four points in terms of difference at the end would be huge be absolutely massive and again um, the same as with the Brentford one, because because you win a game like that last minute, it, it does mean absolutely. Um, the, the psyche is very very different. In a, it's more enjoyable than winning three 0 and just pissing it, and they're yeah. comfortable. That one then sticks in the memories. Oh, that was a big moment winning at Luton. Yeah. And listen, the reality is as well, we should look at it and go. Arsenal should be going to Luton and winning comfortably. We, we should yeah. remember that. But, but remember, like we went there we early the in the done. season, took a one 0 and, and ran away. You went there, took a one a two. We won 2-1. Yeah. Um, my memory's saying, you won 1-0, didn't you? Yes. And took it and ran away. And you're just yes. like, let me go. And Liverpool, for Arsenal ni- Liverpool as well, so nearly lost there. Take that 4-3 and yeah. run. And, and don't worry about it. Um, the, the players kind of from Arsenal that... I've only got uh, Gabriel at the back at the moment. And the two that I thought were interesting... Obviously, Saka's always there in the back of my mind. But I don't have the way a way of getting to a 9 million midfielder at the moment. But Jesus at 7.9, back involved with a golden assist. He was lively. He was getting around a bit. He's clearly first choice when he's fit. Um, might raise his head in a couple of weeks as, as one he'll, that I want to go to. He'll definitely start the next three because mm. they'll, they'll want him to be the focal point. Yeah, I, I do think Gabriel, I mean, he's only at 3.6% ownership. Gabriel Jesus I'm, might be one. I'm interested to know what those with double Arsenal defence are thinking going into this week if they've got problems as well because if you watch Villa, What about those with Villa, triple Villa, Arsenal defence? Oh, Good morning, Clayton. <laughs> Clayton Fernandes. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, so you might have seen Clayton's tweet go viral. Because he did say to me that he was you thinking of going to treble virus. <laughs> what I didn't understand was, I kept saying to him, it's fine this week. Do you want to walk into Villa, Brighton and Liverpool with the treble defensive? At and it, obviously, AFC he's tweeted the, the perfect screenshot of the three players, Raya, Gabriel, Saliba. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Bang, explosion on Twitter. Also, Clayton, it was also something that tweet I really, really didn't like. You can't be playing... Saliba on the left of Gabriel. You should know that. Gabriel's got to play on the left of Saliba. So, so that's why you deserved fault. it. That's what, that's what it's You deserved fault. it. Yeah. You deserved it up. You deserved it for setting your team up wrong. It annoys me when I say that. Like people do their FPL team, they've got Salah on the left. Like <laughs> <laughs> it bugs me. It bugs me. Get him as close to the right. He played the through the middle possible. for me. I'll, I'll, I'll mix it up. Mid- middle's fine. Okay, I'll move it for this week and let's see if it fixes him. 
But if the problem is that he's in the wrong place, no, so does, but, do you know what? It's it's really stupid, but he does. You know, let's like, say a team's got a back three, yeah, and they'll have like Trent in the left back position. I can't bear it, but do something with it. Yeah. I've got an OCD for that. Sorry. Anything to add on this game? Any players um, you got your eyes on? No, not as such because obviously it is obviously Arsenal put themselves in a great position. It's three really difficult games. If if they come through them well, I think we'll come out the other side thinking they're going to win the league. Mm. But we did um, that last year. Yeah, but it didn't have a, a run like this going into Christmas. That's, you know, Villa away and Liverpool away with Brighton at home sandwich. And I know Brighton's not in the best state at the moment. Um, Brighton's last clean sheet, ironically, was at the Emirates. And you know how football works sometimes. And no doubt... It will be a frustrating one for Arsenal because they'll have periods without the ball. The crowd got very frustrated in that game last year. They'll probably be more prepared for it this year. And no doubt they'll find creating chances against this Brighton easier than last year. But it's a game you don't get right. You can get pulled apart by Brighton. So it's difficult three games. Um, so no, there's not anything from Arsenal that I'm looking at at the moment. I think probably the key takeaway for many would be Tommy Asu's injury. So he's... He's, he's reported four to six weeks, but again, he's another one that would probably go to Asia Cups. He'd probably rule him out till February, which for those who'd gambled on Ben White recently and had become very concerned about his minutes or had gambled on Alexander Zinchenko's minutes, you're probably in a good place. Even though, obviously, Pavel Kivior played left back in this one. Me and Clayton thought at the start of the week that he wouldn't want to play Zinchenko in this game because of Luton's directness etc. So I think Zinchenko, Ben White, you'd be absolutely fine going forward. Fairly certain Gabriel and Saliba will play these forthcoming games. Kai Havertz on four yellows. Obviously scored a couple of very important goals yesterday. The only the, the, the one aspect of the game that bugged me was Arsenal's equaliser to make it fray fray. The ball come to Saka was straight after Luton scored and he put it up in the air. And I thought, oh are you gonna are you gonna do that against this? That's that's not what you want to be doing. And Arsenal scored from it. Mm. And that was because great work from Jesus. Yep. But Mengi didn't deal with the situation really well. I thought Osho at the heart of the centre-back uh, three did really well. Particularly as obviously Tom Lockyer, who's their leader, was uh, obviously absent. He might be back at the weekend. As I said, I thought Ross Barkley played really well. Little note on Luton in the sense that they changed the word of front three. The, the front three, who you'd argue might have been stronger when they brought them in the last half hour, didn't improve things for them actually so yeah probably a bit more heartbreaking for, for Luton than what they'd anticipated the night would be but they can they can take some confidence they from were that. never expecting anything no, they so can take, take some confidence what you get. from that Brighton 2 Brentford 1 we're moving into Wednesday James uh, home win for Brighton Brighton now have Burnley come in to their place I don't think like I don't know many people with any attacking Brighton assets anymore too much for a headache it got such a mess too much for maybe a, a bit of a dingra kicking around and it, even now I don't feel like I'm like oh, do you know what that's a fixture you could target Burnley at home for Brighton but I don't think I want to but let's just say you were sitting there and going I'm going to wild card 17 and I did have someone ask me this week and say why not wild card 17 and then free hit 18 for 19 I explained that I didn't think that particularly works but if you were under that circumstance and we're looking at selling Bumo now for one week Matoma would be on list wouldn't he yeah 100% does he start though <laughs> don't know I, I would know. say probably yes, because Adingra has started the last couple, so probably yes. Um, they did something uh, which I have seen them do before, um, 
and he's the extra on a lot of teams build with this 3-2-5 so you know like the Arsenal do it Zinchenko in and another front five I did see Brighton do this in an FA Cup court final against Grimsby last year and they did it again uh, in this one it basically went 3-1-6 um, which is excessive <laughs> mm. um, but they did pin Brentford in a lot uh, and you might get more of that from Brighton in terms of trying to mix things up because if I I definitely don't want to say they've been found out, but they've found difficulties recently. Teams are getting used to knowing what a difficult game they're going to be. So 3-1-6 in terms of build-up style might be something we see a lot more because the two fullbacks here basically is Jack Hinshawood, Hinshawood who's a midfielder, scored, played right back, assisted by Pascal Gross, played left back. They didn't play fullback. They did off the ball. They didn't yeah. play it on the ball. They played in like 10 positions. So. Hinshelwood won't stay in the team, though, will he? When Dunk comes back fit or what have you. Um, we've said this before about him using young players, Roberto De Zerbi, and they've ended up sticking in the team. So, you know, people like Buenanotti, Julio Enciso, you'd be like, oh, who's this kid? Well, this one's another one. Just happens to be more of a local lad. He's, he's not come from South America. So the fact that De Zerbi's trust him to play that position... I mean, it tells you a lot about what mm. he thinks of this 18-year-old boy. So, um, no, I agree with what you said originally, though, in terms of, like, investing in them. Meh. I, I, it's, it's a bit weird almost to be sitting here looking at Bumo replacement. I'm not hearing anyone talk about Mitoma, and I don't think that's wrong, by the way. But you'd arguably say he'd be the best one for the one week, maybe. But he might not even start. For, they've obviously got a lot of injury issues. But I would certainly make the case... That with Bumo's injury on Wednesday night, Brentford's might now be the worst of the lot. They are down to bare bones. You look at the team they played, and they also changed their system in the sense we would expect them to play a back five in this sort of game. They played 4 4 2, actually. More pace starting instead of Vista was a little bit of a surprise. But you look at Onyeka basically played right midfield, centre midfield player. Shannon Baptiste played left midfield. That's not his position. Rosliff played right back in a back four. I think they felt they could get away with it in a back five. Not great in a back four. And Saman Goddard certainly is no left back. Absolute bare bones. De Silva, Collins, Jensen, now Bumo, Kevin Sade, Hickey, Tony, obviously, Henry, all injured. And the big miss for them Wednesday night was Christian Norgard was suspended mm. as well. So I know a lot of teams have got a lot of injuries at the moment. But there's, I'm looking at that guy, and you're saying six or seven out of their best 11 rough so we don't buy any of them anyway with Brentford the, with the well we all had up. the one that was interesting I didn't Tom Tom Med is screaming at the audio now say more pay James say more pay James say more pay James no but he's going to play now yeah he's got Sheffield United this weekend he's not going to play in 18 though is he no but you you wouldn't have you wouldn't have started him at Man City anyway yeah that's all I'm saying you if if you Buy him now, you might put yourself in a position where you've only got nine or ten for uh, that week, depending on who else you own. So, uh, nah, not for me. It is still Sheffield United this week. And I still probably think they will beat Sheffield United. What I'm saying is if you were under circumstance where you were looking for, you know, making a big move, i.e. say you're sitting there without Salah and you're thinking, right, well, if Sun's out, I want to get there. And if Mopay offers you an option where you say, well, I need someone who's an enabler who's going to play this week and maybe I don't need afterwards, then he falls into a criteria that you'd accept. But the answer, Tom Med, for your question, is Antoine Semenyo, and I won't have different. Crystal Palace nil, Bournemouth 2. Who plays for Bournemouth? 
Antoine Semenyo. Who uh, Bournemouth must be happy on a good run now. They feel like yeah, they're getting great. confident Look, 13 and well. points in six games. We always said, judging when the fixtures improve. And Tough they, game away they, at Old Trafford at the weekend. They, there you go. I, I think, in fairness, the second goal they had, I think, was possibly their first effort on goal, but not that Palace were battering down the door. Um, I didn't see a huge amount of this game. Semenyo played on the right in this game. And it's interesting. Uh, I did a stream for patrons yesterday. And we spoke about, I spoke about Marcus Tavernier, despite the fact he was left out of the team this week. He actually inspired me to be interested because oh, I know he's injury prone. Okay, there's a little rest for him. I quite like that. Um, and one of the questions I had on the stream was about Marcus Tavernier as well in terms of an option. I don't hate that for World Card as 19 because the value, you could say, oh, well, he's too expensive in comparison to others. Yeah, but... At this stage, if it doesn't affect your plan going forwards, you can either afford a player or you can't. It's a little bit like what I just said about Trent earlier. It's like, if it works for me over the next three, his values are relevant if he's not going to block anything else. Uh, really like Semenyo as an option. Dominic Solanke is massively true. If you are on, I would highly recommend that you stick. I think Ryan Christie's playing really well. This has been a big change for them, dropping in with Lewis Cook as part of the double pivot in midfield. I don't mind Cliver as an enabler. That could even be an option for me by the end of the day, Serge, where he becomes kind of my eighth attacker and first sub, if you will. Remember, they've got Luton at home and Forest away in 17-18. So if I had to use it, I'm quite happy with that. You can't get so check with that, can you, at 4-9? No, 4-8 would be my yeah. limit. So Scott, Scott McTominay's obviously gone for me now. Uh, United's top scorer, whatever he is. <laughs> yeah, let's it, see. It will maybe be an option as well. He's not for me now. Palace played Chris Richards in the holding row again. He looked awkward, the bits I saw of the first half. Tyreek Mitchell picked up an injury. Uh, Nathaniel Klein came on at left back. Eze, we don't think, is going to be close. They've lost three of the last four. Yeah. And then I, you've got Liverpool, City, Brighton, yeah, Chelsea, Brentford, Arsenal. They could lose the next six. Could, absolutely could. And that's nine out of ten defeats. The, the, the people weren't... Too happy with Roy Hodgson? No, I, can I explain why? Because I didn't want to talk about that. So after they lost to my team back in a game with 10, I think that was, he, he made a very strange comment afterwards about um, the, the kids, the kids came on and didn't make an impact. Mm. He said the kids came on when he brought young players on. He said the team got worse. And I just thought it was such a terrible message to be sending out. He then said to Amazon Prime after the game on Wednesday night, Something else very bizarre where he'd said Palace, Palace fans had, had added good. Yeah, they'd been spoiled. They'd been spoiled. That's exactly mm. what he said. Correct. I but mean, I think you're, you're going to start losing clarify, love. You're going to start losing love really He quickly. did clarify his comments afterwards saying when he was growing up as a Palace fan, it was third division, fourth division shit. And they've gotten Premier League football for the last few years while he's been yeah, the manager. You, you, so you, that, that was his point. It wasn't so much that they've been spoiled because we've been amazing. It was just, look, don't forget the shit days when we were down in Division 3. Division four. It's still not a good message to send. No, Don't that's irrelevant to now. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's irrelevant to now. It's like Man City, right? Right now you're saying, oh, they're spoiled. You, you, it's one of those where if you're like eight years old and you support Palace now, what do you want to do? Like you can't age yourself no, to you go back to the shit days. You can't look backwards. Palace are coming up to their 10th. Yeah. This is their 10th consecutive league season in the Premier League. So just as a random, where should they be finishing roughly? Mm. Now, you might argue where they are. 12, but then, 15, but, 14. But then, but then well, no, I've, I think Palace fans would be hoping they could push the top half, which always feels like... But they never finish from, the top half. No, I know that. But then that's like... To be honest, if you're a Palace fan, like what even is your ambition? Because the football club's wasting time at the moment. 
This isn't a long-term thing Nine defeats in ten, if that happens, they might decide that now's the time to pull the trigger and try and so find the next So what did you reappoint step. him for? Uh, who knows? My take always was that if, if they decided to reappoint him because they knew that the manager they wanted was going to come in next summer and you want Roy to be a safe pair of hands that will definitely keep you up for a year, cool. Like, I can live with that. But that doesn't sound like it's the case. What's the next game on the list? Is it Fulham Forest? For... Palace. No, uh, in uh, terms of the games to review. Yeah. Right, so segue. Because the, the word that's been going around the last couple of days is if Forrest sack Cooper, Palace will go straight for him. That's the rumour doing yeah, the rounds. I, I don't think Forrest will sack Cooper. I don't think. See, this Fulham 5 Forrest nil game, I kind of look at it and I'm like, I, yeah, I think there's some learning from it, but I don't think there's a lot of learning. Like Fulham ain't going to be beating teams fives often. Uh, and it's they've got a home game again against West Ham this weekend, and th- it's not going to be anything like that fixture that they just had against Forest. Forest, on the other hand, are quite impotent without Awani, or you don't really know if they haven't got a focal point striker there. Who's going to get the goals? Like without him, they're not in great shape at all. But I think the saving grace is that the bottom three are so bad right now that. They've got a little bit above a buffer. Forrester on 13 points, Luton Town on ninth, right? So it's a four-point gap. Yeah. But it's four defeats on the road. And I think they love Cooper there. I don't, oh, I don't. oh, the fans definitely, definitely do. Um, you can see that at the end of the game. For Who was the one it. team in and amongst the relegation battle last year that didn't sack their manager? Forrest. And who stayed up? Yeah. Forrest. I'm, I'm not saying they should sack him, by the way. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that it's a possibility that it might Oh, happen. yeah. Football's mad. Um... <laughs> Though I would also say that I think some of his comments after the game um, would have left a few of the players with some question marks as well. But he openly admitted himself. He basically slammed everything about it in terms of his own tactical um, with the game, which basically it looked like they played, tried to play Dominguez as a 10 and have him as a bit of a man-marking job and Paulinia. He left the two midfielders behind that, Sangari and Mangala, extremely exposed. Because what Fulham have done, and where suddenly they've landed in a position where they've scored 11 goals in the last three surge, and we've said mm. they're going to really struggle to score goals, they are creating overloads in the wide areas, and they're, they're doing that by using their two eights to go wide. And if, if you're then in a double pivot of a two, you're getting pulled out too much, and Fulham had mad success with that, and they have done in all three of the games. They did it against Wolves. They did bits of it against Liverpool as well. So this is a little bit of a, a different style we're seeing with Fulham and it looks like they're enjoying it. And the beauty with Fulham is, if you do that, if you're being aggressive with your, you say you've got a midfield three, and in this case they're being aggressive with, say, Tom Kearney, who I thought was outstanding in the Wolves game, and Pereira, who we'd commonly seen as more of a 10, and you've got them linking up with the two wide players, you're going, well, you're leaving your own midfield a, bit, a little bit empty. Yeah, but guess what Fulham have got? Palinia, the best ball winning tackle, midfielder in the league. Tackle monster. So you, I would. So you can get no, away with it a little bit. He's on the best holding midfielder in the league. What? He's not the best holding no, midfielder in the league. No, I said best ball winning. Oh, okay, sorry. Best ball winning. Uh, no, he's uh, not the best holding midfielder yeah, in the league. I would, he's the best ball winning. Yeah, the stats don't lie. The number of tackles and ball recoveries, yep. the stats don't lie. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to the game against Fulham this weekend. I think it'll be, it'll be an interesting challenge. But interestingly, it'll be interesting to see if you do with, against them what you did against us, which I'll explain in a bit, because I think that might completely nullify them, mm, actually, and you might, have, you bit, might have some success with them. Um, I'm not yet ready to buy any, because they're coming into a couple of tough games. West Ham, uh, followed by, who'd they have after us? Newcastle away. But then but Burnley at home, 18 is 18, interesting. If, if I've got, 
injuries or problems to fix going into 18, they'll definitely be one that I'll look at because uh, they've got f- five of the next six or something like that are okay. Well, you'd have to a say there's, there's been like a lot that. of focus on Tottenham, Newcastle, Villa and their brilliant 18 fixtures. They've got a good fixture um, and have just won 5-0 at home. I think just a summary on them, we, Raul Jimenez, great. Two really good goals. Like, can that be an option in game week 18 if you want a one-week punt? Like, it's fine, particularly for those wild card who can come off it. That's not a buy for me, in my opinion. It's one to monitor. Alex Iwobi might be the best of the picks in the midfield area at the moment. That seems to be the word I've had from a few Fulham fans. Personally, I think because of 18 itself, I think William on the pens and stuff could be a decent punt. The fullback situation is a little complicated. So, Kene Tete come back in on Sunday. Castagne played, obviously, on Wednesday night. Andy Robinson is on four yellows. Castagne, we know, can play either side there. The one that we thought was pretty much a lot to play, Tim Ream, didn't. So, Calvin Bassey played left-sided centre-back, really for the first time. And Tosin Adarabayo, who's back fit, played as the right-sided centre-back. No guarantee that Ream comes back in. So, I think you'd want more information on Fulham. Like, with Mbumo replacements, I don't think you're looking at Iwobi or William as examples at this moment. Because that could easily be Decordova Reed or um, my mate Harry Wilson comes back, for example. They've got different players they can play in the roles. Harrison Reed can even play as one of them offensive eights. Iwobi can play deeper. They've actually suddenly got themselves a couple of options. For Forrest, just briefly, I don't understand Morgan Gibbs White not playing. Yeah, I, I don't know. That fatigues from Saturday night. Maybe. Your key man, away from home, not playing. Don't understand that. Origi obviously played up front, didn't pull up any trees. Murillo, by the way, who's had a lot of, lot of praise, rightly so, for his distribution, great clearance off the line at the weekend. Watch him. Go back and watch the goals and watch him. Something very strange about his performance. He made a lot of individual areas, errors where he comes rushing out and leaves his teammates exposed. Something to keep an eye on. Sheffield United nil, Liverpool 2. Um, I was impressed by the work rate with Sheffield United, I would say, more than anything else. Look, Chris Wilder's come in. As he said, Sheffield United is my club or my team or however he described it. I don't know if you'd want to call it his team necessarily. Um, but when they played against us and we, we beat them at the London Stadium... I cannot accept poor quality. James is uh, uh, drunk from last night, from the, the, the pain and uh, the defeat. I, I, only, on. I only had one pint last night. Was that before or after? Was that numbing the pain? Uh, no, it was before, actually. Oh, okay. um, I was critical of their work rate, though, Sheffield United, in that I was like, if you're at the bottom, the one thing you can't lack is yeah, you heart. Put it in, yeah. They did try. They had some breaks. They did try and get in behind Liverpool a little bit. The quality when they got there was bad yeah um the finishing was poor but uh in the end like over the course of the game of course Liverpool controlled it and it was a fairly comfy win am I any more confident in Sheffield United getting any better under Chris Wilder yes but do I think it's enough still no not even like do I give them any it's like Sean Dyche when he went into Everton it gives them a chance but it can't compensate for lack of quality um it gives them a, a shot in the arm and a little bit of belief for the supporters I think um, yeah. as well and I wouldn't be surprised by the way if I get a result against Brentford yeah I was going to say it's a like home, home fixture at the weekend yeah. one against the depleted team crowd will be up for it that's one way you're like okay you know what if you can get three points out of that you'll set a, a marker and to, then something to, to build to on to caveat that though you know what you get from Brentford 
you'll get something organised that comes back at it's you as hard, well. Man. So it's yeah, hard game. Yeah. Liverpool and were decent as well. Nothing spectacular, but decent. Mm. Salah had the effort from the uh, corner that Fodringham saved and stuff. I mean, lucky so he did it straight at him. Could, and he had another couple of chances where he didn't quite... He wasn't as sharp as he is sometimes in his finishing, where he can cut in on his left and he just kind of snatched at a few things. But No, I, I don't think we should be surprised that, that Salah played 67-odd minutes. And I know for those who captain this way, it'd be a bit disappointing. But I also think because of that, you're now in a position where you have no fear over tomorrow. 12.30. And he'll play at Palace tomorrow. Similarly for Nunes and Shimikas owners, every reason to think that they'll they'll start tomorrow and that should be fine. So I think Luis Diaz looks like the one he's a, a real big risk for tomorrow. Uh, Alexis McAllister got injured right at the start of the game and uh, played the majority, but apparently needs to be assessed afterwards as well. Joel Matip is out for the season. Um for those who want something short-term, like Canate in terms of it enabling, fine. But I, I still, despite more of a rotation risk, I couldn't make the case to buy that over Shimikas. Shimikas owners, again, you should hold. You should expect him to play tomorrow at Palace, I think. Um, I think they might end up playing sort of Salah, Nunez, Elliot as a front three tomorrow. It might be something like that. It might look a little uncomfortable when he used Diaz later in the game. If Palace is out, what are you saying? Jones will come in? I would have thought so, yeah. Um, Sabosla, I would think, would play again. There's every chance Endo plays in the, the deep-sitting role again, possibly. No reason to think Trent won't play again. Uh, and I'd let, he's on fire. Last four games, he's done what you'd expect him to do. At his price, yeah. Set pieces uh, Absolutely. Have been and listen, you don't expect him to return every week. Um, but I do think... Um, I, I still couldn't justify the price, personally. Even more so to Alisson's back. But it might be a circumstance, like I said, particularly, say, those who've got son who are looking at replacements and go, well, shit, I think it's all in Palmer, Gordon's area anyway. And you go, well, what am I going to do with this spare crash? cash? Move cash to Trent. Like, you, you can do that sort of thing. So, but longer term, I'm not keen on it. Those who own, you're obviously going to be delighted. Well done. And... I would say probably after Salah and Haaland, which just feels like an A or B captaincy choice again this week. After that, probably Nunes and Trent are probably next best for captaincy this week, I would say. Um, for Sheffield United briefly, um, there was a big surprise because the one thing always from Paul Heckingbottom taking over to Wilder was that he never changed the wheel particularly. And then obviously I think they had... Um, it was your man who was at Fulham. Jukanovic in the middle. Then Heckingbottom came back again. And it was the same. We've had this discussion with Ben Tomo Thompson a lot about not changed the wheel particularly. It, it almost still feels a bit like Chris Wilder's team. And Chris Wilder's team you always knew was like the back three, the underlapping and the overlapping centre-backs, strong midfield three, front two. He played 4-4-2, Serge. Mm. Didn't see that but coming. He had a day to work with the team, so I, I, I don't think it's he's going to change but it. Then it very but then, quickly. even more so, surprising that he he changed it, and I, and I do think that led to a little bit of difficulty for Liverpool in the game in terms of it caused a bit of surprise. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised they won out, but obviously the likes of Andre Brooks we'd, we'd never really seen played left wing. Osula up front with Archer feels a little bit lightweight. Going Harmer and Souza in the midfield too, I thought was pretty brave. Oliver Norwood won't come into the team at the weekend anyway because he came on and got his fifth yellow card. But Bernie will obviously be suspended again at the weekend. But I don't know if that sticks or not. And we should have an awareness of that. 
Okay. Because you want to target them, right? I look at game week 18 at the moment and think Ollie Watkins, definitely best captain. I don't think Sheffield United playing a back four would be worse for him. No. He should find running into the channels a little bit easier in terms of like through balls in between centre-backs and full-backs against a four rather than a, a back three or on that would be that night as a back five. So, But I think that was, that was one of the big surprises was them playing a back four. Didn't, couldn't have foreseen that. Aston Villa 1, Man City 0. Uh, this is a game that has been highly talked about, publicised in terms of stats and domination and stuff. I think if anyone's been on any form of football media content, including Twitter or on all the channels, everything from stats to per chances on goal to domination to Emery versus Guardiola to everything has been highlighted as this was a well-deserved Villa win over Man City. I think if... Rodri misses another five games this season, you could say that the title's gone because they can't do shit without him. Whenever he doesn't play, they're fucked. <laughs> and I think it's too simplistic, by the way, that analysis that I've just put out there. But the correlation is unbelievably stark at the moment. Uh, I, I shout out something um, one of our long-term listeners, good friend, Dan Connor, FPL Chancellor, said. Uh, he tweeted the other day. I thought it was it was spot on because there were a few grounds in this country where if you get something, you know, I think the Etty had Emirates and Anfield obviously spring to mind. You go, if I get anything here, that is a major, major result. Well, St. James's Park and Villa Park now feel like that as well. Agreed. And I think, like, if Arsenal get out of there with a draw tomorrow, I don't think it should necessarily be disappointed. And I think there's every chance they will, by the way. And Arsenal could go there and win. But you can add it to the list now. Because one of the question marks we said, even on COTC, when we was talking about Villa's impressive home run. And by the way, I highly recommend people listen back to that pod with Lee and Johnny because it's still massively relevant. All the stuff we spoke about was relevant for the game and it's still hugely relevant for game week 18 before and afterwards as well. But we spoke about home run and one of the questions I cheekily asked to Lee, I was like, yeah, but who are you beating that run? Kind of like... And he's right to say, you know, Newcastle in April, who they really, really did beat very handsomely. It was Newcastle's worst performance of last season and probably Villa's best. But other than that, they had just one game as you'd expect them to. You know, people throwing in like Ryan Mason's Tottenham and stuff, like stop that stuff, right? Villa won every game you'd have expected. They've also battered a few bit. Like they've battered Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And with Brian 6-1, Brian 6-1 yourselves, 4-1 and stuff. They've battered a few there as well. Um, Give them credit for that. Scored shitloads yeah. of goals. But now, if that question was asking, you'd gone, oh my God. We have on our Patreon, we have a Slack and we have a channel for every team. Yeah. I don't go diving into people's channels after games, but I had to dive into that Villa one. I just went in there and went outstanding, well played. Mm. They absolutely demolished Manchester City. Joke that they only won one nil. Look at the heat maps and the touch maps and the pass metrics and stuff like that from the game. Like Holland in his own half and stuff, mate. Mm. You, I can't think I've ever seen City properly dominated like that for so long. Even at one nil down, you thought when Villa scored, you thought, I wonder if they'll retreat and City will start having loads of the ball. They couldn't get out of their half. Mm. The the intensity and pressure from Villa was was outstanding. That's probably the best performance I've seen so far this season from a team. I think the thing uh, is, from and that City, might last all season. It's likely to. Not, no one they, does that. To they're City. too good. City. I, I I just put a line under it because the problem is City is a wounded animal. Knowing they're they're chasing, they could just fucking turn. If there's any team that will turn on a run, oh, it's going to be them. So now that absolutely. they're chasing, like I've got the three City in there and three attacking, they ain't going nowhere because I know that three of the next four. 
even including the blank after the, the game after the blank, they could they, they're going to need to win them because they don't want the too big a gap to open up. They're going to be on a tear up. I'm not. I'm not even four, five of the next six in, after the including the they're going nowhere. City players, Villa on the other hand, Cash didn't start. Diaby didn't start. High ownership in both those two players. Watkins is just stays there. Yeah, anywhere. of course, yeah. And Bailey's come in and Bailey's kind of taken that role. But Bailey's gone off injured with a knock. Who knows what we'll hear or won't hear today. I'm, I don't want to sell my two other Villa players because of 18. But there's no point fucking even if they're not going to start, right? Or not going to play. A real no man's land with these two guys now. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's probably the, the solution here with Cash and Diaby is probably wait if you can. And what I mean by that is you you arguably didn't want to start them in this game anyway because they're playing arguably the best defensive team in the league in Arsenal, right? Uh, and Cash, let's be honest, is in for the offensive stuff as much as the defensive stuff. I know they kept a clean sheet here, but actually they haven't kept that many, I don't think, actually, Villa. Cash has had a lot of one and two pointers over a significant period. So I think time, because there are things that can happen which quickly change the narrative here. So he's on four yellow cards, so is Luca Dean. Now, the assumption there would be that Alex Moreno comes in the team, but they might just move all of the, the rest of the back four along and put Pau Torres at left-back and bring Cash back in. I think the one that's having a real impact on both Cash and DRB, and I genuinely think it's one player affecting both, is Bailing. Mm. And the thing is, he went off. He's got a knock. So I didn't necessarily read it that way. But we don't know, right? Is the thing. He is injury-prone. Very. But I read it as potential fatigue, and he'd put a lot of work in. He is possibly my choice. What price is he? To buy. What price is 5. he? 5.5. It's a massive risk because oh. you know what he is. And I Do know you know what it is? It's a doner kebab after a night out. <laughs> you're going to enjoy it for a little bit, but you're not afterwards, man. And it's not going to take long for it to be painful. I don't need it to last long. I need it to last three <laughs> game weeks. And to be fair, I don't even need it necessarily to and last this week. I've had Donny Kebabs that have not caused me problems till lunchtime the next day. So it could be okay. So if I go Bumo to, let's say Sunny stays yellow flagged, right? Bumo we know's out. I could go Bumo to Bailey, roll the other transfer. I'd bench Bailey this week, be first sub. That's brilliant cover for Sunny if he doesn't make it. Then against a weakened Brentford 17, a Sheffield United 18, then wild card. I think he's a, he's a player we've all known's had ability, no doubt, but he's often been a lot of all fart, no poo, right? When he came on against my team a couple of weeks ago, he, and I think Yuri Tielemans and Unai Emery together um, changed the game. And he was brilliant. He gave Destiny Udoki real, real problems. I've, spo- I've spoken about it a couple of times. When he came inside, you thought, all. Oh, a little bit like the goal. Oh, he can, you know. He's got the ability. He scored another goal like that at Bournemouth. Obviously, on the one on Wednesday, he's chopped back onto his right. Sure, he gets a little lucky with the deflection. His goal involvement per 90 is the best in the league. He's probably only played 90 minutes, though. No, I get that. There's limited minutes. And with him, he's injury prone. Could he be rotated? Absolutely all of that. The obvious solution to Bumo problems, let's be honest, is Palmer or Gordon. And I think it's pick your poison, right? And both are absolutely fine. The one that, that could explode, I think, in this short period is Bailey. And if there's no update on him today in terms of that he's fine, whatever, 
that might be the one I go for. It's the one I want to go for. You know, you said the other week, oh, I want to go Suchek, and you just benched him for two weeks. Yeah, Bailey's the one I want to go to, I think. You mentioned... He's rogue, he's punty. I don't have enough players available in the squad to think I can take this sort of risk, but I might do it anyway. You mentioned Palmer there. It's a segue into Manchester United 2, Chelsea 1, James. We can't call him Chelsea anymore because uh, Abramovich is gone. Um, What is this Scott McTominay... (laughs) <laughs> Who is this Scott McTominay fella? Let's first this and foremost... This goal-scoring phenomenon. Be, be, before we do that, let's first and foremost say, because we've battered them, right? Manchester okay, United, Man, no, 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 no. Manchester United were very good. Very good. They should have won by more. They were a the better team by a long, long way. Um, and I'm afraid to say, I don't think it's coincidental that Marcus Rashford came out of the team and that happened. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. United played with energy, a purpose, um, a little bit braver in the lineup. I even think that the fact that Ten Hag brought Sergio Reggion at left back continued that that energy that they had in the team. There wasn't anyone out there on the pitch for United you could question the work ethic or anything. And they all got hammered on Saturday, right? And there's a lot of us going, were they playing for the manager, whatever? If you remove Saturday and you watch that game on Wednesday, you'd go, that's what I expect of a Manchester United playing at home on a Wednesday night against a big-name opponent. Very good. Very good. Um, Garnacho is a solution, I think. If I take that Salah route... Yeah. What price is he? 4-7. I like that. 4-7. He's be. cheap. He's decent. Could It could, yeah. it could yeah, be the I one like for that. me. If I you think- were to say to me, I've got the choice of uh, Bailey and who? Uh, Trent. Or Salah and Garnacho. I'd go Salah Garnacho all day long I, as a I as the double. Up. I don't like it as um, a long term pick at the moment because just I think Rashford sort himself out and get himself back in the team. But in terms of enabling, say, if Suns out, enabling me to get Salah in as part of two threes rather than smashing in minus eights, would it would have been last week? Get Salah in. Garnacho at home to Bournemouth this week feels reasonable. Bench Martinelli at Villa. Next week, play Martinelli against Brighton. And then I've got him for use, should I want slash need, at West Ham in game week 18. That could be the solution for me. This is what I was saying earlier about, what are you going to do with your transfers this week, James? Who's the best Bumo replacement? Yeah, I really don't know yet. But that's, that's a potential option for me. And obviously, I did own him at the start of the season mm. uh, as well. So, look, it's a very, very good price at 4.7. That might be my solution. Um, they were good. Really, really good, Manchester United. I do think they'll have a tougher game from Bournemouth this weekend because Chelsea were wank. They were bad. They got worse the longer the game went on. And I know Breuer nearly equalises with a header near the end and stuff. Please don't let it fool you. Manchester United were a better team by a distance. But, James, fixtures. I think, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think Gary Mantle, our Chelsea correspondent, summed it up well on our Chelsea channel when he said actually the performance was way worse than when they got beat 4-1 at Newcastle. That fell apart at the end. This was just a bad performance throughout the game. But Sanchez saved the penalty. United's XG was over four, mate. Mm. They battered them. Yep. Um, they do have a good run. Yes, and of course they do. And it's a prolonged good run all the way up to like game week 24-ish. So, the best defensive asset to get is Sanchez. Agreed. He's, the, he's the only one who uh, could look at you and honestly say he can play all the games. Yep. Reese James, I saw our friend Andy, Leicester FPL, he said that Reese James might be the only fit defender going into this week. But in seriousness... Andy's only fit defender or Chelsea's only fit defender? No, like just FPLs. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he had interest in the FPL asset this weekend, might be injured except Reese James. You've got to look at that and question why. He's just had a break at the weekend. And Pochettino's played Mark Cucurella right Right back. back. It's mad. There's no way he's playing them 18 to 20 games, all of them. 
And again, even if this, you know, Sheffield United in game week 17. Well, what happens if they two new up after an hour? After an hour, to take him off, it's easy for me. Reese James at home to Sheffield United is just as likely to be a one pointer as a the glory fifteen pointer or whatever you're looking for. And I get it because those fix, that fixture run is brilliant. I think if I had to buy a Chelsea defender, I'd buy Thiago Silva because he'd be the one I'd most likely know was going to play the majority of the games. And if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. You know what I mean? He's probably not coming on as a sub. Yeah. Whereas Reese James, exactly, has proven again Wednesday night. But I'm not massively keen on that he didn't play well. And he didn't play well at Newcastle either. And guess what? Those United showed a big reaction Wednesday night. Got well done at Newcastle. They're going to walk into another big atmosphere on Sunday. Like, I, I probably, as it stands, don't think they win at Everton on Sunday. Mm. So, when is the run starting? Is it now? Is it, is it next week? Yeah, true. So, I'm not massively keen. Palmer's absolutely fine. Raheem Sterling is a perfectly reasonable get if you can stomach the fact that, like many other players, he's obviously on four yellow cards at the moment. Mudrick's a no-go. Uh, I think Jackson's at the moment's a no-go. And Kunku, every week, it's like, might be next week, might be next week. It's not happening yet. So the only outfield player for me at Chelsea that's, that's of interest, and I might decide to go there, is, is Palmer. Cole Palmer. Yeah, agreed. Perfectly reasonable. They missed Gallagher. Mm. badly because when, when you go into that intensity somewhere else you need someone who you know is going to be able to stand up and be counted for you and they were just a bit easy to play through Chelsea and I think with Gallagher back that'll make a difference at the weekend for sure Talking about uh, going into difficult atmospheres in Everton 3-0 Everton home win against Newcastle I was uh, I was sitting on the old sofa waiting for our game to kick off the, the Planet FPL derby I switched it on at about 20 minutes this game and I watched about five minutes and Newcastle basically had the ball for that whole five minutes. And then in the commentary, they go, and Everton have had 12 shots so far. I was like, I've watched four minutes out of 25. Newcastle have had the ball for the whole five minutes of it. What happened in the first 20 that Everton have had 12 shots so far? Uh, and then obviously flicked over and watched the rest of our game. So didn't actually catch it other than every time they scored, it popped up. And like Everton have scored one up, two up, three up. Like, this is really... Surprising. I didn't then catch the highlights afterwards, but I was particularly surprised. It did feel like a counter-attacking display where... Sean Dyche masterclass, yeah. just say it. But it wasn't like a 1-0 smash and grab, 3-0. It was similar to Brighton. Do you remember last season where they went away and uh, took the points uh, Everton did and didn't have the ball, but smash but well and grab. deserved to win, yeah, yeah. Smash and grab, and they've done it again. And I, I don't know um, if we want to get the violins out for Newcastle with their injuries and stuff or whatever. But see, the thing is with Newcastle on the flip side, they'll still go to your place and give you a game at the weekend. Oh, no be structured. Like, I haven't lost any no faith doubt. in their ability as a football team or anything to do with it. It's, it's ended up being a bad day at the office and a bad result. Move on. Um, let's do Everton first because I think it could be easy to, to overlook it. Um, because of Newcastle's FPL aspects on this. And also, I'm not buying any Everton players, regardless. No, Jared, Jared Bramthwaite is perfectly reasonable as a fifth defender, though. Again, their fixtures are never great enough that you'd probably pick him that often. He is also one of four Everton players, interestingly, that are on yellow cards. Um, if Bramthwaite, Young, Decore, and Gay could all get booked in game week 17, that'd be appreciated before they come to Tottenham in game week 18. And on that, which is possibly... There's relations to that and how you played yesterday. You think Tottenham are going to have an easy game against Everton in game week 18? No. 
I don't think so. We had we had 60-70% possession against them when we played at our place. They beat us 1-0. They, they are very good at sitting in and defensively cutting out all the space and stuff. Yeah, it'll be a turgid game, that. You've, you've got a, a collection now of players, team, manager, feel united, um, where they feel like they've been wronged. And it's it's obviously They're worth out the relegation zone. Give them credit. Saying that, yeah, I mean exactly. And none of us are sitting here thinking they're going to go down. Well, Ever- Everton would be tenth without the point. Yeah, I was going to say right twenty now. points without the. And it's not just that. Their underlying metrics suggest that they would be a top half team mm. this season as well. So they're doing absolutely great, and also have done it missing a few key players. James Garner obviously missed last night with illness, yeah. and Amadou Anana is obviously a big well, player for him who's missed the last couple as well. So they've even managed that. They played Jack Harrison in the 10 position yesterday. Seamus Coleman come back. Might have got a new problem. You got Ashley uh, Young played yeah, right. The only player division. in the Premier League that's older than me, probably, and Ashley Young is still fucking trotting out for Everton. I don't think he's older than you. 45? He's not older than you. He must be 46. He's not older than you. Probably not. Still trying to get the bird <laughs> shit out of his mouth, funny, bless him. Oh, um, no, really. That's Ashley Young, by the way, not me. I n- never had no bird shit in my mouth. Sure. You sure? You're going, you're going for denial, are you? Yet. <laughs> no, look, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for Evertonians. It's, uh, it's, it's good for them. And uh, yep, they'll get 100%. out of trouble. They're, but take certain things like we're saying, Everton will give Tottenham, obviously, a game in game with 18. I'm sure they give Chelsea a game. But the drop-off of, say, Branthwaite to Michael Keane, as and when he misses a game through suspension, if he does, would, would be massive. Absolutely massive drop-off that you'd look at. Whoever ever play in that game, I bet you they, they don't win. For Newcastle, tough night. I note their away record just generally is is looking bad. Uh, I think it's one away win all season, all comps. Uh, that can't be right because they won at Manchester United in the League Cup. Um, so I think it's, it's two. I think they've only won one away Premier League game, I want to say, Serge. And off the top yeah, of my it's head, it's not been good. That's the eight, uh, that's Simon Bibby, our Newcastle correspondent, was tweeting it yesterday. Another poor uh, away performance in a difficult, hostile environment. That away win, if that's the only one, forgive me, there might be one I'm missing. But that, that all I can think of is the 8 0 at Sheffield United. Mm. I said on Monday's pod with Clayton, so I don't know if you heard me talking about it, about in a weird way, the way Newcastle play away from home if they want to play the same way as they do at home, is a little bit counterproductive because it's just raising the intensity levels of the opposition crowd. Yeah. And I don't think they can quite find the balance at the moment of what they want to do away from home. Now, listen, there's obviously the mitigating of the injuries. I don't know if these players are bad enough, though, that they can't be used at all. It's not like the likes of Dummett, Kraft, Richie have got no experience at this level, for example. Um... And it does look like the game caught up with a few players last night. Now, confession, I've not seen a lot of it. Kieran Tripp has obviously made two uncharacteristic errors. But even if you look at the way the goals are scored from there on, they just don't feel like goals Newcastle would concede. I spoke on Monday's pod as well about saying that the Bravka coming into the team might just make the team deeper. And listen, he's obviously... He's a good goalkeeper, but he's a different goalkeeper. And it might have a psychological impact where the team has to change for a few few games. Now, with Milan on Wednesday, this is my real concern with, say, buying Gordon this week. They could go to Tottenham and pick exactly the same team. That's definitely possible. It's also definitely possible, because of the reward of the Milan game, 
that they make a lot of changes on Sunday, I think is a possible. I really, really do think that's a possibility where the Newcastle team could turn up. I don't think it will, but could turn up at Tottenham with a number of kids playing and the likes of Kraft, Dummett and, and Richie and stuff like that in it. Now, if that's the case, despite we can have a joke about my team in a minute, it will get beat. Yeah. So Newcastle got a difficult choice to make here. A really, really difficult choice because this 11 isn't getting the results away from home as it stands anyway. This isn't a one-off. Look at the Bournemouth game. We excused the Bournemouth game a little bit because Gimenez was unavailable. Well, it was available last night and they've ended up getting well beat in the end. So, I mean, that Tottenham-Newcastle game on Sunday, it's mad difficult to predict. Really, really is. Kieran Tripp is another one of some four yellows. A number of us are going to wait for updates on Jamal Lascelles. But my, my feeling on Newcastle has been consistent in that wait an extra week where you can. Those, those who are going Bumo to Gordon now, it's perfectly understandable. Like, genuinely, I might do it myself. But in terms of looking at other things, I think you need to get through the Tottenham and Milan game. Like, if you're thinking about Isak as an example, I think it's not. And it, listen, if he starts, he probably scores at the weekend. But I wouldn't be making that move this week. I'd wait another week. Indeed. Uh, last but not least, James, should we get into the Planet FPL derby? You were obviously there. I was watching on the old uh, Amazon Prime Tottenham 1, West Ham 2. Congratulations. Game of two halves, though. Very much so. I, I, I don't think this is one where, uh, and, and it would be the exact same if it was a draw or the other way, looking at it, I don't think either set of supporters should be going away from it like downhearted from your point of view because you've lost or like singing from the rooftops like yeah it was the greatest oh you first should half, you should first half first half we were poor and yeah, yeah. I really what I really didn't like <laughs> it was the first 10-15 minutes was such a game of cat and mouse where one of your defenders picks up the ball and we had Paqueta Kudus Bowen lined up and you're like well you can't you have to go to the man, right? You can't just let the man sit there. But as soon as you go to the man, that's when the move starts and it's going to cut through you. And every single time I was like, don't close him down. Because if you don't close him down, what's he going to do? Yeah. But if you don't close him down, you look like a lazy fucker, don't you? <laughs> because you're not closing the no, player down. So um, it's difficult to shadow kind of press. But when you did pass it through us, it was too easy. Do you know what I felt in the first? I was like, we're kind of zonal marking areas rather than people and yeah. it ends up just cutting through us yeah, but, like, yeah, but which I is think, fine on a corner or a set piece no, but you can't zonal mark an no, entire pitch I, I, mate. I, I think that's how you won the game I, I didn't enjoy that first half because I felt like you we were too, we were too easy for you to get from back to front yes and I then when you got to that. the final third okay it was a bit we, we our banks of two banks of four or four, five and whatever settled in were hard to break down. You could get to the final third penalty box quite well, but then the final piece, we did make it very difficult for you. But the playing through us wasn't nice to watch because it's like a hot knife through butter. Um, yeah, I think the first, certainly the first half hour at yeah. least would have been a really, really tough watch for West Ham fans and feeling really and frustrated. being one nil down as well because then you don't feel like, how are we going to get back into this? Yeah, but also if it had gone to game over, mate. Same that, as that, Villa. That was our big problem. Same as Villa for yeah. you. We never scored the second goal. Big problem. Both games. Um, I, I thought for half hour or so, again, we, we were great, right? I mean, You, look, you were great. You were looking at the game and going, it was, it was different to the way, the, with the Villa game, we gave up chances at the same time. and we ha- But we also had better chances ourselves. We had clear chances. The one thing, that, the longer the first half went on, 
you've, you've had, we've had lot, lots, lots of the ball, lots of good play. Like the football was great to watch and stuff, but we weren't. You know, Flappy was making saves, but they were kind of like straight at him saves and stuff. Yeah, there, wasn't, nothing, nothing. there wasn't a save in the game. You could say he made a great save. You could maybe say the Poro won the second half, but that actually was our only shot on target in the second half. Mm. So there was a concern about not getting the second goal because with you, one of the things we discussed was like, well, any point you're in the game, set pieces is going to be a major... Yeah, although it was you that's uh, really really <laughs> with you. Do you know that what I felt in the first half with the team was they uh, mirrored how I felt. Because we all went into the game with fear. Like I was scared going into the game. I was like, what are Tottenham going to do? What are Tottenham going to do? And it felt like the team were fearful. And the second half, the complete difference was, do you know what? We'll have a go. We'll get in your faces. We'll be aggressive. And as soon as we got that goal, it was like, oh, actually, if we play, These are vulnerable, yeah. we can play. And then we played better. And uh, it was a much more even game where we took our chances and that came our way in the end. And it was much more enjoyable to watch the second half just because the fear disappeared for us and we played more aggressive. Like, let's not fear these. And yeah. the problem is when people get in your faces a little bit, your in-game analysis and management of it isn't the best. Like, you didn't adapt or you didn't kind of adjust to No, we didn't us. play well that's the second the problem. half. No. And that's why it was a game of two halves. Like, you do what you've done in the first half against most teams, you'll win a lot of games. Yeah. We do what we did in the second half, we'll win a lot of games. Yeah. We just got to start being a bit more consistent. Game could have gone either way. But I most pleasing for me was the change in mentality and mindset for us at half time because I've so often seen it peter out. Whereas this time we were like, actually, you know what? Let's show some character. And we showed some character. Quality wasn't there. Like I didn't feel the quality was there, except a few performers that actually then really leveled up. I thought Jared Bowen was fantastic his hold up play his use of his body his strength his keeping the ball and he did, he said it in his post-match interview you might not have seen in um, on Amazon but he was talking about the attributes of playing as a striker and what he sees as um, the important elements of what he can bring to that role and ball retention is what he looks at I need to keep the ball and drive it forward keep the ball keep the ball don't lose the ball whereas with Antonio it's like it bounces off him doesn't it I did think yesterday he's half the size of Antonio but he uses his body way better. I am not going to disagree with that. And that was it. And, and, that, and I'm just take the points. We go on. We've got big games coming up. We've got eight games in 24 days. That was the start of it. Don't, let's not suddenly think we're the greatest team ever because we weren't great in that first half. But let's take credit from the second half and vice versa for Spurs is how I felt. It's like, you're still, you're yeah. still building. Yeah. Listen, obviously... To be you honest, don't want to lose you to watched us. the first half, well, particularly the first half out. You couldn't believe that we'd lose the game unless something stupid happened, like what yeah. happened in the Chelsea game and yeah. stuff. You could, you couldn't believe. Like, there's nobody would have watched that half hour, uh, opening half hour, and thought it was going to be anything other than Tottenham were going to win the game really straightforward, sort of two or three nil, because it was really easy. I think, by the way, just to co- cut the closing bits on on West Ham uh, before I talk a bit of Spurs, um, Bowen for me, by the way, I own. If I didn't. And I could get from Bumo to him. That's top pick for me. I regret selling him, so I'll second that. Um, I think the, ne- the, injury, I think the next know, few fixtures yeah. aren't wildly brilliant, but Fulham away, Wolves at home, Manchester United at home before going to the Emirates uh, isn't terrible either. Again, particularly one for wildcard as 19. That is a great talisman player to have over this period. One of the reasons for wanting Bumo was great talisman. This guy's it as well. Oh, he's leveled up to pure talisman, um, yeah. I think for me, 
it might be a bit of debate on this, but I would comfortably pay the extra for him over Kudos. Yeah. I do think if you're struggling for value, Kudos is another name absolutely you can consider. I think particularly, again, short term. Uh, what nationality is he? Who, Fre- Kudos? He's French. Ghanaian. He's Ghanaian. So he'll go to AFCON, will he? He will. So it's another one in short term. Okay. Um, I think... That's David, why uh, David Moyes. So on Kudos, you were saying Ghanaian because him and Jordan Ayew had were quite feisty on uh, Saturday. They're both Ghanaian, right? Oh, okay. It was quite a big fight between. Well, they were very combative. I was okay. like, "You boys are going to injure each other before the Afcon." I've always what found, I've always found Ghanaians really nice, by the way. They are, yeah. and the jollof is banging. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> can't say bad Ghanaian food though. Um, a brilliant from David Moyes, by the way. He's in charge. Thinking what, even about the this. first half hour. I think there was a, the strategy. Um, that you won't have liked, but I think it worked. And I think the objective of, of part of the game was very much about limiting chances to Tottenham as best as possible. He said after the game, by the way, that we were the best team you played this season. I suspect that's not correct. It's and a he bit is, of hyperbole on is, the TV and stuff, but yeah. He, but he's not completely wrong either. But no, he, he, him and Ange really like each other as well, so it doesn't oh. surprise me. Um, but I suppose maybe for that half-hour period, maybe it's correct. You did something really interesting in the game, defensively off the ball, which nullified us, in my opinion. You ain't the best team we've played this year, but you nullified us probably better than anybody else has. Mm-hmm. Um, and I include Wolves, who probably deserved to beat my team the other week, but we just didn't play that well. You nullified us from creating big chance in the game. And you did it by playing... Um, the narrowest and flattest 4-3-3 I think I've seen in quite some time. So it wasn't a 4-3-3 with wide players. You played Ward-Prowse as the middle of it and you played Suchek to the right and Alvarez to the left. And the reason that was key, and to go back to what you're saying about zonal marking, was whenever it was Udogi takes Suchek's side, whether it was Udogi or Johnson or a, a Lo Celso popped up in that left half space 10 roll, he was there, Suchek. When it happened on the right-hand side, where it was Poro, Kulazewski, another player, Alvarez was there. Those two played a key pivotal role defensively in stopping Tottenham being able to play through you. Because once we get it in that area, you're in massive trouble. And it didn't happen often enough. So we got it in those areas, but you were always facing it up and looking at it generally. So, okay, we're behind it. We're on it. Weren't many times we played through lines and got at you. Mm. Not many times at all. Think about... um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, the third goal at Manchester City at the weekend where, where we've done that. That opportunity never really arose. When we did on occasion manage to get through you and get kind of a, not an advantage of numbers, but say less people to beat, over, overdid it on the pass or didn't take the shot. And so from our perspective, overdid it second half. And we can't look at that and say, oh, well, we played great for half hour. You know, we deserved it. Nah, credit to West Ham. I think it was an exceptional defensive performance. And again, it's another one of them. When when a team like Tottenham loses in a game like that, it's easy just to criticise Tottenham. I think your team deserves credit for what for a long period would have looked quite ugly. And it was. You're watching the first half, Andy, going, this is fucking shit from West Ham. I was really telling my laptop like how, my Christmas how, shopping and How stuff, negative right? do you want to be? But to be fair, you obviously come out with more aggressiveness second half. I also keep referencing the first half hour rather than the first 45 because I think something changed after about half hour that began to shift the game to give you a bit of momentum and that was Bowen's position. Because Bowen had started to the right. He'd started to the right 
with kudos through as the as the nine, but they were really like a flat. Fr- they were very narrow as well. Yeah. I really felt that. Yeah, I was you, surprised how narrow. Yeah, they were. you were shoving Tottenham wide because it's like don't mm. you know Tottenham want to overload into yeah. the sanctuary? It's just like right, we'll shove it out wide, etc. You know, if the crosses come in, we'll deal with Sun in the air and stuff like that. If that's what it's going to be. Um, but when Bowen went back to nine, both Bowen and Kudos just both felt so much better. Mm. They're, build, they're, they're developing a good relationship, the two of them. I think they'll, they've only got uh, improvement coming. Uh, for Tottenham. Yeah, let's talk about them and a bit of FPL. Because um, we could do this game for yeah, two days. Yeah, it's, it's worth saying as well, like the two goals that you score are bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the only goal you scored was a set piece. I mean, the way could, I flip yeah, it. Yeah, you, you know? could say all three goals were bizarre. I mean, the, I think Romero's was a good goal. Like his header was perfectly placed, but it's you, unusual for you to score from a set well, piece like you'd that. Guys, you'd say, I've taught him to play through us. He had play a really good two goal. Two men yeah. in front of him and two like men that. behind him. So, how is it that he's the only one that gets his head on the ball? Double ricochet from a long distance shot falls absolutely perfect to Jared Bowen. Yeah. You know he's going to score from there. And obviously, your winning goal is mad bizarre, where James Ward Prowse is so good that he can play 25 yard one twos off the post. But yeah, it's a calamity of there, individual there are, errors. And then you, you think, like with Bowen, gamble on it, and he did, and it falls your way sometimes. Or even Ward Prowse. Who's your number 17? Romero. It didn't didn't follow up with him. So Ward Pratt, like Romero's walking back at this point. And maybe he's like, okay, well, he's either going to go in or he's going to go wide. But he just let, he didn't follow up. Like, and that's why Ward Pratt's left on his own. I think your instinct when someone takes a shot like that, he's not going to rebound off the post. That's probably. true. Plus, because he's taking the shot, he's coming onto it. He's already moving. Yeah, so, I do get that. But No, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hold a, an individual on Romero there. On Udoggi and Vicario, I think really should, should, she should he should risk the penalty and go for it with his feet. He won't get sent off. With his hands, I think once he's put his hands on it, he's, he's, got to, he's got to claim it and just take the back pass on the indirect free kick, right? That's as bad as it's going to be. Um, but I realise you've got to make split-second decisions. Romero coming back was a positive. You can say, oh, you still lost, James. No, it is a massive positive in terms of our, our distribution and dominance of the ball. I think there were a lot of players really underperformed last night. There were a number of players who were really good on Sunday, like Kulisevsky, Johnson just didn't play well last night. Human Son was another one. That's why I was a bit annoyed with Sonny's comments after the game. Because I was thinking, well, I don't know. You you're, were shit, you're, man. You're, you're the captain of this team. I don't think you played very well either. Um, the one player who did play really well for Tottenham last night was comfortably our best player by a long, long way was Pedro Porro. Yeah, he's decent. Um, and that haul is coming. Another assist, obviously, for the goal yesterday. He's on a lot of the set pieces with, obviously, Madison out injured. You're going to see more of that. He had on Direct free well. kicks and yeah. stuff. He had the one shot on target we had in the second half. So he's an option for me this week, which doesn't feel right because it's putting me in double Tottenham defence. And to be honest, I wouldn't fancy a clean sheet. I'm the chef United at the moment. But I don't fancy many teams for clean sheets. So there is a, ah, just get the attacking player because that's coming. There is going to be something over this month where there's like a 15, 18 pointer off him. I'm absolutely convinced. And I think despite the fact we can't defend for Toffee and we will give teams a chance in every game, I think he's an absolutely brilliant pickup. I wouldn't buy any other Tottenham player at this moment. Any. Son, Son you can't because of, of the doubt in terms of the injury and subject to what we hear later today might be a definitive sell. Udogi's on four yellows. Davis will enable, but I'd probably rather you gambled on like Liveramento or even like a Bramthwaite as a cover rather than that at the moment, especially those thinking longer term. 
Romero and they scored. It's, that's not an option as far as I'm concerned. Misuma's obviously not an FPL option. Kulazewski's performance was not good. Um, I know there's a lot of people after the game say, oh, he's got to play in the eight position now. Completely forgetting that he was magnificent on the right wing in the second half on Sunday. Lo Celso is an okay get. Um, at his value, he's, he's 4.8. He is going to stay in the team at the moment. You've seen it again yesterday when 90 minutes is a problem for him, I think. Um, him going off certainly didn't help, admittedly. He's fine as a pickup, but I, I think that's his cover. And I'd almost rather gamble something like Garnacho this week and improve the team, maybe. I think the fact that he scored the two goals, if he scores, he, he doesn't arrive in the box. He's not, he's not going to get himself. It doesn't feel like a tap-in. I hope I eat my words, and he does. But he does. these two goals have been from long range, and it feels like that's what it will be. And he doesn't actually have power, particularly, in his shooting. Brennan Johnson is at risk of losing his place because Richarlison is back. Yeah. Now, that might be different if Sun is out for a few weeks, in which case, yes, you could consider it. Um, but Richarlison is a direct threat to Sun. I think the thinking with Sun going on the left, importantly, at, towards the end of the game, rather than Richarlison was that you were so deep that they needed the aerial target from crosses. And that obviously, the one good, real good effort was Richarlison's header, which he arguably should do better with. Sun doesn't even win it in that circumstance. And I think they were thinking, well, Sun's delivery is better. So I do think in most games, like Sun would stay through the middle. If he does go back to the left, by the way, that's useless. I promise you. That is not an FPL option. I said this in August. If he plays left wing, that's not a left PO option. So the narrative on him might change quite quickly. But I would caveat that by saying if he's fit, I'm certain he starts through the middle at the it's weekend. First choice through the middle I for do sure, think yeah. it was just a end of the game. We can't get through them. So Try he's useless for us in the nine position. We'll use him where his delivery is good and stuff. Or perhaps he can get shots away on the angle and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think Tottenham's probably uh, an avoid. So you're looking at this week, Gan, the three teams people are most interested in. Tottenham, avoid. Newcastle, avoid. Villa, playing Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, cool. James, we're going to get into some questions that we've had on Twitter. Well, just a couple, to be honest with you. I've been through them all and there's a few interesting and a few not. Um, but obviously it's a Friday today. So uh, do you want to give people a heads up on just the streams and stuff that's over the next couple of days? And, uh, and then we'll get into it. Monday's obviously... Main podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I can say Clash of Correspondents next Tuesday, by the way, is Chelsea, Sheffield United uh, with Gary Mantle and Ben Tomo Thompson. Um, and I think we'll have a little bit more Chelsea information by the time that comes around. Um, what streams am I doing? Such Oh, Team News Stream for Advanced Intermediate Plus Tier is going to be at 9.30pm tonight because I'm on dad duty today. Uh, deadline streams tomorrow at 10am UK time. Lovely job. If you want to support the show, Serge. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. Perfect Christmas present for me and James. It's all, the only uh, thing on our Christmas list, isn't it? Yes. And full basic plus tier patrons and above. Obviously, you've got the differential show a little bit later today as well. We'll be previewing the weekend's fixtures and just uh, talking about what moves that James and I might make. Um, yeah. Uh, patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. Slack channel, fixture planning spreadsheet. Prize leagues, Content. loads of fun stuff Christmas as well. Christmas presents, a great please. group of crew in there. Um, My son needs feeding. Indeed, we've got Sky Fantasy Football next week. You got Ian Parent coming. I on need feeding. Stuff, so, I don't know. I haven't even told Ian yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we've got guests coming on. I'm away for a couple of days, but we'll be around. Uh, James, these, just, these two, Susan Clayton, both going on holiday same time. I'm not going on holiday though. I'm going away for work for two days, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you know, whatevs. Uh, James. Yes, mate. 
quite a lot of the questions on Twitter oh, revolve. About Bumo replacements. No. No. We've de- we, well, yeah, there are. We've, we've dealt, dealt with, with them. It. Around chips, like as in. Are we thinking wildcard 18 versus 19? Can we do a chip? Ultimately, I can summarise it all, but by can we do a chip special next week? But we've still got a bit of time. What's your thoughts? And let's just let the people know. Should we do a wildcard one for people wildcarding in 19 or free hit for 19? A kind of chip um, one. Yeah, it's all on Patreon, to be honest. Join <laughs> patreon.com forward slash FPL. The, the reality is that basic plus tier is a fiver. And you'll get all the intermediate content in the whole of December, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you pay a fiver for December, you'll get all of that content. Um, we're definitely going to be doing something in terms of my own personal uh, wild card on Patreon on the 22nd of and December. And you're still thinking I've 19, gave me 19, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Otherwise, I'd be doing a different podcast that day, wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, in terms of doing it this week, I, d- I don't... A bit early. I don't know if that's going to help. I feel it's a bit early. I don't know if that's going to help. There's a lot of games and injuries that could affect things. But in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll be covering all of that kind of stuff I, off I don't, the show. I don't like... I, I get it that, listen, if today goes by, it's not impossible that I wildcard today. Let, let me just clarify that. I think it's very, very unlikely. But if the team Likes, news today yeah. is especially bad, then I will pull it. But in terms of my setup of what I'm doing the next couple of weeks, it makes it more awkward. And I think it's the same I mentioned earlier. Someone was saying about 17 wildcard. No, I think that it's three weeks. Most teams are going to, most FPL teams look like they're going to have a difficult weekend. Suck it up this week. Then there's two to go. I'd be in a decent position for 17, 18. Then for me, it's, it's wildcard 19. There is a case maybe to look at wildcard 18 if we don't get there well enough. Because I think particularly with Villa Tottenham, Newcastle have a good 19 fixture. But you're thinking sort of Chelsea longer term. Those, those are teams that have obviously got decent 18 fixtures. You could say, well, I'm shit. I've shit the bed here for 18. Let's go now. Let's bench Haaland plus a Foden and a Flecken maybe if the 20 double happens. By the way, on that very quickly... Um, you're now very, very unlikely. Uh, yep. I think you could get an announcement today. You might get an announcement tomorrow. If it goes beyond tomorrow, then I think you're, you're probably down to sort of sub 10%. Okay. Uh, FPL Tractor with the last question of the show before we wrap. It's nativity play season, James. Who are you in the nativity or a particular show you recall from school? I'm Jesus. I was a wise man. I'm Jesus, obviously. aren't I? I'm Jesus. Were you Jesus when you were in the... Was I? Yeah. No, man. Why I, would you be Jesus? I'd, I would have been playing football outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're at uh, nursery school or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I was uh, a wise man. Was she? I was a wise man. I don't when remember, I was, uh, I don't remember nursery, doing it. I remember being I remember a wise man. Uh, and there was another school player. I remember that I was uh, a lion. I can't remember if we were doing... Um, what's the Wizard of Oz, is it? I was a full-blown lion. I remember that because I had a massive proper mask you know not like a paper mask but a good full on over your head mane and everything i, I must have been about eight nine then we got it from uh, the fancy Pictures dress or we don't believe you i will ask uh, my mum if she has anything but i remember that, that we got the costume from the fancy dress shop and hired it and stuff back in the day there used to be one uh, up the road yeah so i remember being a lion and i also was a wise man the one that threw me james was when my eldest was at nursery. So he'd have been five, four, five. So we're going back six years ago. And he came home and he was like, we're doing the nativity. And I'm like, okay, cool. Who are you? And he said, I'm Joseph. (laughs) I was like, okay, cool. Was he Technicolor, dream coat? Nah, as in (laughs) Joseph Mary's, uh, Mary's husband. And 
it's so uh, xenophobic or racist. But I was like, why did they pick the little brown guy to be Joseph? Because trust me, Joseph in the Bible wasn't an Indian kid. But, you know, we're all one spectrum, aren't we? But I did think it was quite amusing to watch the little man be Joseph. He didn't even know what he was talking about. Nico, did you do the nativity in Portugal when you guys are kids? Do you do like dress up as like a little play of Mary, Joseph, all that shit? Baby Jesus, three wise men. They did the same one. What were you when you were in? Did you, were you having a nativity play? Who were you? Joseph! Yeah, what? Did, did I have a shit child? I don't remember doing it. Nico was Joseph. Was really My son was Joseph. Childhood. I was a wise man. I think we used to do... Uh, the only one I really remember, I remember we did Aladdin once. Okay. Flying magic carpet. Yeah, yeah. That's That was my role. I was the magic carpet. Uh, no, not really. Page, I, was, I was Princess Jasmine, obviously. Patrons, <laughs> listeners, subscribers, followers, whoever you are, we love you. Thank you so much for your support. Have a great weekend. Don't forget, give the Juice Boys a shout out. We've got the tournament on Sunday. We'll be back at you on Monday with a full episode. If I don't have a trophy on the table, then I'll be hanging my head in shame. But other than that, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Ciao for now. Thanks, Come on, Planet FPL. Come on, Planet FPL. Thanks, everyone. Play it your way. Be nice to each other. Cue music, please. Manchild. Sports Social Podcast Network.